First and foremost, though, we're probably a day early than normal, but I don't know if it's a revolution, but there is a bit of an evolution happening at Trot's Life, and Tim O'Connor joins us. Tim, firstly, mate, how are you, and uh, whereabouts are you today? G'day, mate. Uh, good to be on with you on a Wednesday. doesn't feel quite real, but uh, that's how it is. I'm in Ballarat, sunny Ballarat, after one of the all-time hail uh, storms late last night, which was uh, quite incredible. I don't, if you, I don't know if everyone got it in this area, but uh, it seemed to have missed a few people. Uh, but uh, Ballarat's looking very nice and sunny. Good to be with you. I did like your uh, tweet. Uh, enormous hail saying you've seen nothing like <laughs> it. Here's a picture of some random guy's uh, veggie garden with some hailstones in it. I know. You'll like that. It's, um, it's like, here's something amazing. Do you want to see it? I can't show you because yeah, I didn't correct. didn't record it because uh, my phone went flat uh, as soon as I pressed record, which was quite disappointing. But um, one of my mates sent me a photo, RIP veggie patch, and I thought that was about as good as I could provide. I have got one. It'll go up on Twitter later today. It's a as uh, a business just near here at SEN called Australian Percussion Academy, and they've got a sign up. And I'm going to go with uh, this sign is purely to drum up business. <laughs> not bad, not bad, not bad. You can be better, but it's not bad. Oh, by my <laughs> by my standards, that's probably above par, mate. It is, it is. Um, let's talk uh, Breeders' Crown, yeah? <laughs> yeah, let's talk Breeders' Crown. It <laughs> kicks off tonight at Bendigo. It all leads to, well, sorry, well, it doesn't all lead to November 25. The four-year-olds will be on November 18, semi-final night. They just have a straight final. Uh, the f- two-year-olds and three-year-olds have heat, semi-finals and a final. I don't think we enter into that discussion as... The two-year-old Colts and Geldings, there's now only 16 left. So four horses from the heats will miss out on the final. So uh, it's an intriguing series and it kicks off tonight. And I think it, it'd be hard not to say that even though they're small in numbers, these two-year-old series look absolutely stunning, Tim. They do. Uh, looking forward to jumping on uh, SEN track tonight with Damian Watson and covering it live and uh, having a bet as well. So the first race... Uh, is so the first of the British Crown races is race five, so it'll be the four legs of the quaddy, if uh, my maths are correct. Lux Eternal, the one you spoke about before, goes around. Does a dollar fifty-five seem somewhat generous there, Toby? Just oh, the, at first glance. I think the query will be how forward is she for this race? She's unbeaten. If she runs third in this race, and you know she's just gone in a little bit unders after a freshen up from. I know it was only, what, 11 days ago or when she won that Breeders' Challenge final, but how forward is she for this? I don't think she'll be that forward, and I suppose that'll be one of the main questions I'll ask, ask Ricky Elchin. If he says she's 100% right, she's a dollar ten chance, if you ask me. That's what I think. Um, and, you know, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. These speed, They're always tricky, these races, because you just don't really know. Um, let's be honest, no one's really playing for keeps. Um, yeah, yeah. At this stage. So does she roll to the front? Maybe she does. Maybe Very Pretty's happy just to let her roll to the top. Um, it's just hard to see her being beaten if she does find the top. So, look, if you like them at the shorts or you're, you're looking for multi-horses, I think I'd take a chance with her. I think she'll make it 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, well, she's the obvious one to beat, but yeah, it all depends on how serious and who's serious, etc. As uh, they all go through to the semi-final, regardless, she could run last and she goes into the semi-final. Which, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, uh, the draw of dreams in the second heat. It's not much. Well, in that heat, Millwood Bliss takes on Luxa Turner. She's undefeated. Very pretty. It's two from two. Jumping Joy looks like it's got plenty of ability. It's two from three, and then. 
The second heat, free to place, run two seconds, but it's clearly a good horse. Draw a dreams undefeated. Is she undefeated? Is she still? Yeah, she's she four is. from yep, four. Four from four. Yeah. Vic Bread winner. So it's pretty strong as well. And Darren Carroll, of course, got a share in Bella Danza. I know got beaten, but she, she was pretty impressive at Cranbourne. I didn't mind her run there. Yeah, she's going to be a nice horse. I know there's been reasonable raps on her from uh, mm. Alex Ashwood, trainer driver. Um, 56-5 home there at, uh, at Cranbourne. So that's uh, not mucking around for, for the two-year-olds. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you would think draw a dream. We're not, it's just hard to tip against her. I mean, she could she get beaten? Of course she could. Um, but could you sort of go out on a limb and tip something? Probably not. So mm. um, it looks uh, a skinny start to the quaddy for me. I'd be taking Lux Turner one out into draw a dream one out, I reckon. Yeah, and how will you come home in it then in the two-year-old Colts and Geldings? Storm Rider's been so impressive, but Kingman's got plenty of ability. There's plenty of others in the race as well. And then we see Nathan Street. I don't think he should be $5, Nathan Street, that is for sure. But Smoke and Ace is a very good horse, and the big boss returns. And Timmy Richter as well. Geez, they're good. They're, that's a quality second heat. That's the race of the night. That, that's the one mm. I'm really looking forward to. Uh, third leg. This is possibly the one where I go a bit wider. Toby, I'd probably take Storm Rider, Kingman. You know, do you go Mickey to success, Wardam, Buddy? Um, you know, Chart Top is a, a group one winner. Um, I'd, I'd play a little wider there. I haven't really nailed down what I'd do, but um, yeah, that looks the race to me where there, you know, potentially could be a, some sort of upset. I, I guess, um, speaking to the, the third, uh, the fourth leg of the quaddy race eight, I mean, there's really, in my mind, there's Probably only. I don't think some American can win. I don't think Smoke and Ace could win either. I'll probably just take the three horses there. But um, yeah, that's the thing though. What, what, you've got to you've got to go to limb somewhere. Otherwise, you just you'll get the quaddy and lose money. Um, I yeah, I'd probably go wide in the third leg. I, I would. I'm going to be taking Timmy Richter one out. I've made him the best of the night. Uh, across the entire card. I just think he's a really nice horse. He opened up 3.30. That lasted uh, not very long. He's into $2 now. So my best of the night is race eight, number one, Timmy Richter. I think he's a very, very good horse. I know David Moran, uh, the driver, uh, I think he owns a, a good chunk of this bloke. And uh, he's been a little disappointed. He hasn't been able to get a run with him. He's, I think he's had him in four or five races, Toby, that have fallen over. So um, he hasn't been out. for You know, you don't look at his form and go, oh, he must have had an issue or something. He's mm. uh, he's ready to go. He draws gate one, you know, heat scenario. Um, they're not going to be going gangbusters here. I think he'll just um, prove way too good. Yeah, uh, trialled very impressively at Cranbourne, Smoke and Ace Tim. He was very impressive, and uh, I wouldn't be leaving him out if I was you. He is a very nice horse, and James Herbertson takes the steer, which is an intriguing change too. Why, any reason for that? Is he serving some time, Mr. Marshall, or what? Uh, any reason for that, you know? Uh, I don't know the exact reason for that. I know Herbie was pretty upbeat about the drive, though, last night. Oh, I reckon night. he would have been. Uh, um, he was doing a few of these ones, you know, as, <laughs> as you can on the smoking ace. He was smoking the pipe, I think, uh, Herbie. Uh, mate, uh, what's your best for what's your best for tonight at uh, Bendigo? Give us your best value and and yeah. whatever you got for us. I've just uh, just shot those down somewhere here. There they are. Okay. Uh, so my best is race eight, number one, Timmy Richter. Um, you know, he's two dollars now, but that's probably what he should have been. So three thirty into two dollars. Race eight, number one, Timmy Richter, the best. Uh, I, look, I'm finding it hard to give you much, but it might be a night for the multiplayers. I don't see how they beat uh, Bandit Eyes in race number nine. First up for Wayne Gretrix. 
just dominated that heat in better time than the other heat. And I know he's got gate seven, but I think he'll just be winning. $2 into $1.60, so not a lot of value there now. But uh, race nine, number seven, should be winning. And the roughy for me, I found this really hard. Um, I'm going to play one here in the, another heat final scenario. The last race of the card, Toby. Race oh, yeah. 10, number eight, Pinnacle Hope. Um had the best last half times in the, the heat last week and um, just draws for a, a nice run. run of the pegs. I'm, yeah. I'm not exactly sure if better than fly high will kick up. I think he can if they want to. Um, I don't think Pinnacle Hope will be any further back than three back the pegs. And from there, look, that's where you want to be on the pegs. You can win, but you get $3.20 a play. So I'd be playing, you know, something in the win and, and fairly heavy the play. So I reckon three twenty a drum for Pinnacle Hope's a, a good bet. Don't mind that, mate. Enjoy your night tonight with Damo Watson, and uh, we're all good after I've replaced you tomorrow already. Yeah, you've, uh, I don't think I'll ever be back on a Thursday, will I? Just make sure this uh, little stinger gets another run on a Wednesday, I reckon. Um, we can't say goodbye to it, though. Oh, you still want the stinger. After all the, the SHIT you've given me about <laughs> the stinger, you want the stinger now. Oh, this is something about it. It is. It's become iconic. So bring it back next week for me, and I'll join you next Wednesday. How's, it, how's that for a deal? Sounds great, Tim. Let's uh, do it again next week then, mate. Uh, a text. Happy birthday for yesterday, Wanda. Uh, Wanda. Beige. Yes. Is, beige is your colour. Oh, yes. Someone has seen uh, the Facebook post. That's, uh, uh, yeah. All righty. Uh, you had a few comments on that. Timmy, thank you very much, mate. <laughs> we'll be on at 6 p.m. with Damo. Cheers, mate. Good on you, Tim. There's Tim O'Connor. A break. We'll come back with leader Pete McMullen. Pete McMullen from Turpin McMullen Racing. It's a partnership and it's a big business, I think, at the moment. Pete, how are you, mate? And whereabouts exactly are you now? Fine, David. Yeah, just on the way to the airport this morning. Um, back in Brisbane and heading back down to Melbourne. How many horses did you get through this morning before you headed off? Uh, we did a fair few. Um, there was still a bunch left to go though when I left. So, uh, but left them, the guys at home a little bit, but hopefully they can finish that off and uh, hope to duck down. Hopefully it's a successful night at Indigo tonight. Yeah, tell us about Zena Rainbow. She's obviously not in the passenger seat there with you and coming down on uh, the first-class aeroplane. I'm just a bit nervous. You're going to tell me that that Peppy McGuinness is in Victoria again and he's brought her down. No, no. I, um, I actually took her down earlier in the week. Uh, myself and drove down and took her down there and uh, you know, had, to, had to fly home and just saw she's got a big operation home and sort of duck home and do a few things there and then fly back down again. So who's she staying with, mate? Uh, just Jeanette Craig, Jeanette, uh, but I'm just at the moment, um, uh, she'll more likely stay there for the uh, duration of the British band. Well, that is one thing when there's only virtually, what, there's 23 horses in it or 21, not 20 now with three scratchings out of it. You're guaranteed to get through to the semi-finals. So it's a funny old night sometimes, these nights. You've ended up now drawing gate five. Has she got gate speed? Can you get across to the front and... Are you trying to make sure you win tonight to pay for the trip a little bit? Um, oh, look, I think it's going to be a pretty big ask. Obviously, you know, it's a you know, pretty hot field still. And um, we think a lot of it, but, you know, she had a pretty big trip early in the week. And, uh, you know, obviously now all horses seem to go through the semifinal. So, you know, providing she just races good tonight, I think that's the main main thing. Um, you know, look, we expect her still to race well, but, you know, she's a two-year-old filly and, had to travel 20 hours down, so uh, yeah. you know, whatever she does, we'll be pretty pretty proud of her. It's a red-hot series, Luxa Turner, Millwood Bliss, very pretty, looks like a nice horse, and 
I suppose it's hard to assess her off that one run for us, but can she compete with them or, you know, will you know more obviously by the end of the month? Um, look, I think it'd be pretty big asking for the stage she's good at some roads, you know, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 her one start was, was good, but she didn't beat a lot. Uh, but she did have a barrier trial a week later, which we were super pleased with, uh, 55 and throwing 26 and change, and she only just got beat by, um, Two horses that look like they're going to be pretty good, and they both went on and raced in the uh, Group Two race a week later, and second and third. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of what the form form line we're sort of taking. That that was pretty impressive. So uh, yeah, that was sort of enough for us to sort of take her away. She trialed pretty impressively in March, but didn't race, mate. Was that just the education was done, and she just needed that little break? Um. Yeah. She she's um had a few little issues throughout the way and uh, we always had a really good opinion of her early and um, we just sort of decided to give her a bit of time and uh, yeah it's sort of paid off I think. You've had some good two-year-olds like Big Wheels, Away We Go etc and where she stack up with them? Where, where, what is your hope for her there? Uh, it's a little bit hard to line up um, obviously not having a cup racing at the moment but uh, you know, early in the year, she, she trained down the Billy Cole, um Riley Rainbow. Yeah. Um, and, and we sort of thought she was better than her, and she came out and won the um, Purebred Triad uh, Queensland. So, you know, she was probably the, the number one filly in Queensland. So, you know, we sort of rate this filly better. So we think she probably is the best filly in Queensland. So, um, you know, obviously she's going to line up to the selling horses, which is um, maybe a big ask, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Well, Ross Patrick's been a pretty good owner too. I reckon Will the Wizard was named after a grandson. Is that where we're getting the rain and the Xena from? Uh, I'm not real sure where the um, rainbow sort of come from. Uh, yeah. he, he does sort of name a lot after the family. He, he sort of had, a, I think he had all his grandson named, well, a lot of them named after his grand, grandkids and that Will the Wizard was obviously one. And um, Riley Rainbow is named after my Chantel's daughter and... Um, yeah, Zena Rainbow, we just sort of go from the tail of this filly and her sister was uh, Lockenbar Zena, I think, so we just called her Zena and met the Zena stuck there, so, yeah. Uh, Artie's Flash was a good result on last Saturday night, mate? Yeah, we had a, had a really good night last Saturday night. Um, Artie's Flash was able to win that, you know, that group two race and he was pretty impressive, so that was really good. And uh, run third in the open with Blake the Dance. He's uh, tracking towards into the minion you know, perfectly. Gee, he's been a, such a good horse, Black's Dance, hasn't he? He's no champion, he's no superstar, but boy, he's just been a good horse the whole way through. Yeah, he's sort of each year he just gets a bit better, and um, yeah. you know, early days he was a little bit goofy, a little bit dumb, and uh, you know, he just got bigger and stronger each year. And you know, this year, um, you know, we, we sort of think this year he's actually going to sort of measure up to the Grand Circuit sort of quality of racing. Uh, last year he sort of get himself as a genuine open sort of horse, but. I'm, I'd like, you'd love to see him uh, in front of an Inter-Dominion field in an Inter-Dominion final, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. He's obviously best food in front. And uh, every time a feature race comes around, he seems to get a horrible draw. So uh, he made it tough to sort of win any features. He, he has sort of won a couple and he's placing others. But, uh, you know, if we could really get a good draw, I think he could definitely uh, give a race like that a bit of a shake. A question off the text machine, mate, uh, from an owner of a horse at... Albion Park, race two, number two, Mac O'Reilly, they've got, and you've got one first up from New Zealand, Artie's Miracle. They want to know how good Artie's Miracle is. Oh, um, 
he's not as good as Artie Slash. It's only amazing, race, so we'll have to sort of see how he goes. But, yeah, I'm running a bit late for the airport. I had to quit the training before I left. Yeah, okay, so he might he mightn't be a hundred percent prim and proper if you've had to rush him through. Oh, we've got him done all right, everything's okay there. So, <laughs> yeah. And the the world driving championship, mate, what an experience. You won a couple of races over there. You were you were second going into the last day. It didn't quite roll out as you would have hoped on that last day, but I don't think it really matters, does it, whether you win it or come six, it's just the experience and the valuable friendships and relationships you gain on the way. Yeah, um, oh, I think it would have been you know, a huge honour to go and win, but all in all, it was still an amazing opportunity to be able to go and represent the country and um, you know some of the friends you make and the experiences you have, you know, I'll definitely cherish them forever. And yeah, it was all sort of working out pretty good with second guns the last day, albeit it didn't look like we could win the series, but uh, you know, we just had a bit of a bad last day and I think finished up sixth, but uh, yeah, it was something certainly to remember forever. Did you get a chance to let down for a few days over there, of being away from working all the horses, etc.? Not really. Um, I think we were away for about eight days, and four of those days were racing, and I think another four days were travelling. So yeah, it was still pretty hectic, um, but you know, I totally enjoy it. I've seen a lot of sights. We didn't stop and sort of soak them up, but did sort of see a lot of sights that you wouldn't normally see. So that was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, fortunately, that sort of come home a bit of a hurry and get ready for breeding season. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got a stallion standing there as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, we've actually got three there this year. Three, and, is it? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had, you know, we picked up a rock and roll dance last year and uh, this year we grew a little bit and uh, we now have three stallions standing there. So we've got a rock and roll dance. Uh, he's standing there, uh, Catch the Fire, and we're also standing Classic Connection for uh, Yabby Yam. Yeah, amazing, mate. I don't know how you're fitting all this into a day, but there's obviously a big team behind you, and uh, best of luck tonight getting the Bendigo and then uh, when you're there, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Now, our great mate Garrick Knight is on the line. Firstly, Garrick, uh, before we get into it, how are you? Whereabouts are you? Uh, good morning, Tobes. Yes, great to be back. Only fitting. Same day you have Ricky Alchin, you have the Luxa Turner of your weekly guests, that being me, on the show again after a week's recess. Now, I just need to clear this up. Last week, it wasn't anything to do with the fact I was giving you lip on Twitter about when we absolutely belted New Zealand in the one day World Cup, was it? I'll let you believe that, mate. But no, those closest to me can vouch. I uh, was in a pretty bad way. I'd lost my voice. I was couldn't uh, couldn't hold a conversation for more than about ten seconds without coughing up a lung. So no, we were out of action last week. Probably well, uh, you know, good timing, really. Uh, yes, definitely was ducking for cover after. Mm. Um, I mean, New Zealand, uh, you know, scored three hundred and eighty-three runs or whatever it was. Uh, great performance from them, but uh, Aussie just edged it. Um, I was really looking forward today to getting on here and giving you guys curry about uh, Afghanistan last oh, yeah, night. Afghanistan, yeah. I, I turned the TV off at 90 for seven, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have some nice dreams tonight. Um, <laughs> well, no, I woke up, and uh, sure enough, it's turned into a nightmare. So, yeah, well, you actually did us a favour there. New Zealand, I think now, that helps us try and get into the top four uh, with you beating Afghanistan. So thank you on behalf of your 
Sheep Shagger friends across the ditch, we are eternally grateful to Glenn Maxwell. Uh, yeah, he, he reminded me of a young Toby McKinnon who belted 86 out of 140 for Wandon one day, mate. But uh, that, that's a story for another day. Let's get into, into what we're really about. Bendigo tonight, interesting runner, very interesting runner. Race four, uh, number three, Hoppy, comes over from New Zealand. The Bushes have sent plenty of uh, greenery over to Matty Craven. And this horse had the one start for a second in New Zealand. And uh, look, you just assume it's a pretty nice horse. It's in a really strong stable and it would have to be a fair chance tonight. Yeah, nice horse, this. Um, <coughs> debut was really good. I know former trainer Tom Bagri thought a fair bit of him. I think Matty got him trolled by one of his fellow horsemen based over here. Gave him the big green light, the tick. Yep. And uh, the business was done. You know, he wasn't a he wasn't a, a cheap horse when you you know compared to say what a standard totem might cost. So yep. it's a weight of expectation. But I mean, soundness um, permitting. I think Kelly he's in for a really good career. So. Uh, great, you know, great, uh, great bunch of owners, the Bushes, and I uh, wish them the very best. Very good. That's uh, so two dollars sixty tonight. Would you be jumping into that? Well, I'm not one to jump into any two year old trotter at a short quote, to be honest. Yeah, um, fair play, you know, but he does wear the he, well, he wears the half hopples, but he looks pretty sensible. So if you if you get in the thick of a nice punting, uh, you know, a real fiend on the punt tonight, and you need to have a bit <laughs> in that race, you know. He's probably one you could back with a bit of confidence, but I, you know, you know the old adage: you never, yeah. you can't ever have too much confidence in a in a, a baby trotter. So, uh, loaded question: this race two, number one, Artie's Miracle. We just had Pete McMullen on actually, and he didn't give a huge push for Artie's Miracle, but my brother's got a share in number two having its first start, Mac O'Reilly at Albion Park on Friday night, who's uh, been a long, slow build up with Mac O'Reilly, so. Uh, how good is Artie's miracle, mate? Oh, I'm not surprised uh, Pete didn't give it a push because I think if this horse goes very far in life, they'll change its name to Chantel's Miracle because um, <laughs> everything I've seen of this horse suggests it's not uh, not destined for great things. Yep. Um, it's had two starts. It's paced roughly on the bends. It's lost. Uh, it's galloped. It's lost touch with the field at its last start. Just couldn't keep up. Had plenty of trials. You know, when they went slow, it could run, you know, third or fourth out of five horses. I have not seen anything to suggest this is like your usual Pete and Chantel imports. Worth noting also, this wasn't brought by them. It was sent over by the, by the by yeah. his Canadian owner, the same one who owns the very, very good... Um, Artie's Flash. Three-year-old Artie's, whatever it was called, that run that won the uh, race the other night. Artie's um, Flash. Yeah. Flash, Flash, Flash. Artie's Flash, yes. So uh, the, the, Mike Tenev, uh, he's got interests everywhere, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, America. He's just tried his luck here, I guess, to change the scenery, see something different, but I would be very shocked without knowing anything about anything else in that race. Um, he would want to have lifted a lot. That being said, Pete and Chantel definitely can... Um, get the best out of a New Zealand import. So. Now, your response in the email was quite strange. You said there's one more to talk about. See ya. You didn't say who the horse was, mate. <laughs> yeah, not bad there, not bad. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going. Uh, no, look, just one, I, 
I do like to cover off, cover them off where I can. Um, and the last at Newcastle Friday night, there's another one there, Sia or Sia. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, she she had a couple of me, a uh, couple of starts over here. Didn't show me anything. First start broke, uh, pace rough broke, tailed out. It showed no gate speed. Second start had the one one the entire way and fell into third in the pretty average field. So I, I I did see it advertised at one point and I don't think it was a very expensive horse at all. So Don't go to loose they, don't go to loose change comment, please. They're still getting no, 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 no. <laughs> I would just you know, I would just say look, ex, I would suggest expectations are not high uh by connections. Um no doubt she's got a win or two in there somewhere, but I wouldn't be taking any short quotes this week. Just uh just for anyone who's betting Newcastle you have shined an eternal light on this show and you just you just been honest the whole way through in your assessment of horses and you just one one wrong out of 180 so far and they're still coming for you. It's not fair, is it, mate? Uh, I was just funny you say when uh, when I come on, you were talking about Big Fella, my nemesis. He might have been the one that owned the only horse I might have got wrong there. I can't remember. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, watch the gold. No, nah, he's in watch the gold. No, nah, he's another one. Oh, where's the gold? Where's the gold? Oh, where's the gold? I mean, yeah. No, nah, I was thinking hey, look, uh, Gennady we was can't, We can't be banging on every time, but, uh, uh, you know, we've tried, we, 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 we make a few jokes in that, but, you know, in all seriousness, uh, I'd like to think that, generally speaking, it's a helpful segment, and uh, it is, people mate. come away, punters especially, um, come away with a little bit more understanding of what to expect from these horses. New Zealand Cup next Tuesday. I haven't decided what I'm going to do with next Tuesday's show, but it's going to be a pretty strong New Zealand Cup focus. And mm. it's dropped right away, hasn't it? There's only 18 runners left in trying to get a run in the field. Withdrawal. One of the one of the emergencies pulled out this morning, Simply Sam, so there's only 17. Wow. Um, look, I personally have been someone that's gone on record in one of my, you know, my columns there over time saying maybe the ranking system is a little bit uh, obsolete. Uh, generally, attrition um, and payments and whatnot. By the time they get they get to the races, they usually only know more than about eighteen or nineteen horses looking to start anyway. So, um, yeah, there's no question marks about who should or shouldn't be in the field. All, all the discussion was sort of a waste of time, really. So, uh, to me, uh, I don't want to go as far to say it's a race and two even though that's my gut feeling. It's disrespectful to all the other good horses in the race, but mm. uh, Akuda's just been absolutely lights out this spring. Swayze has just been phenomenal in his starts to date for Mr. Grimson. Uh, they're both drawn the second line, which makes it interesting. Akuda's not a fast beginner anyway. He probably wasn't going to be taking advantage of a frontline draw, but what, it affects what Swayze. Uh, Swayze drawing the second line probably makes it interesting because it means he's back with Akuda. And as we know, Swayze only just qualified from the stand not long ago, so he's a bit of an unknown. Um, he might he might ping the tapes. Cam Hart might be off and on round to the front within half a lap, but by the same token, he might be slow. We might have our two favourites out the back, and then you know the the, the horses that have benefited from that draw: your Kangos, your Republican parties, Old Town Roads. One of them might They're land chance, on the speed, man. and then we could be mm. in, in for something special. So um, oh, look, it's it's. It's good for the game when you don't have a dollar sixty favourite in a, a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar race, and um, I just think that little bit of extra Trans Tasman rivalry this year, um, you know, gives it that flavour that makes everyone want to watch it. 
Certainly does, and I would stick with the the nomination system, etc., mate, because the Victoria Cup, we had a market out for the Victoria Cup a week before, and half the horses in the market weren't even going to go in the race at all. There was horses in America in the market. They weren't even racing in Australia anymore. There was broken down horses that are going to be off the seed for 12 months in the market. At least the nomination system allows us to know the horses that are that are that are aiming for the race, that are a chance to go in the race. I much prefer it. I guess what I'm, I didn't mean the nom- they should have nominations, but what yeah. over here what we've got is every week uh, the trotting club puts out they've got a little panel there five or six people and they put out rankings order of entry rankings every week after any of the lead up races. So I guess it's a, a, a way for people to know connections and punters to know sort of where their horse is. Uh, and it's always creates a lot of good um, analysis and discussions. And okay, you want to build up um, you want to build up chat for our biggest race. But as I said, ultimately, uh, we get to the point we have today where there's only 17 horses. So from from original nominations about before, so the whole ranking system didn't really matter in the, in the end anyway because everything that wanted to start basically got to start. So, um, yeah, go, that, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Go have another cup of tea with a bit of lemon in it, mate, and uh, we'll chat again next week sometime. It's now time to learn about the story behind the runner with Owner of the Week. Nathan Carr, mate, uh, welcome to the show. How are you? Whereabouts are you today? Uh, Just washing a horse, actually, Toby. In the the middle of getting one ready for tomorrow. Ah, you've got a busy day at Yarra Valley tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I've got got three runners tomorrow, so uh, yeah, it'll be a busy day. It's uh, always a a nice day at Yarra Glen, though, so hopefully we can... Head there and get a get another winner. I think Tally Marcus won his his first win was there. I reckon at about his third or fourth yeah. start from memory. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was his yeah uh, yeah third or fourth start. That's right. Yeah, yeah so he's actually have a had a bit of success at Yarragon in the last few years. So it'd be nice to go back again tomorrow and get another one. Well, I want to just wind it back a little bit earlier than Tally Marcus and. Go right back to a horse called Kraselberg. Was he real? And then uh, probably even before that, what what got you involved in harness racing first and foremost? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I grew up um, next door to uh, the Murphys in Dunstown, and I'm actually related to David and Don and John and all those guys. So um, yeah, as a kid, obviously um, Don had um, Vanderport was a uh, Australian three-year-old of the year in 1985, 84, I think it was, yeah. Um, he won uh, New South Wales Derby and Australian Derby. I think he was in second in the Victorian Derby. Um, and then the following year, he was um, runner-up in the Inter-Dominion to Village Kids. So it was, um, you know, basically the whole town sort of got involved in harness racing from there. And, um, and then, you know, after that, sort of David... David got more involved with the horses as he was a teenager, and then I used to follow him to the stables and just sort of went from there. David become, you know, a trainer and driver, um, going pretty successful, and I sort of just kept going over to the horses then, and um, yeah, eventually got my driver's license and worked for them for quite a long time, and uh, so yeah, that's how, that's how I sort of got involved with it. So, so how old were you? The Vanderport era, I would have only thought you were only young, like seven, eight, nine, ten years of age, somewhere like that, age. Yeah, well, 19, 1985 into the Minion, I was, yeah, seven. So. Seven. But you've got those memories, and they're priceless memories from 
when you're a, so young, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can still vividly recall yeah. watching uh, ABC. Uh, it was on the ABC at the time. Yeah, yeah. The Dominion final. And, uh, yeah, pretty much you know, everyone in the town, you know, Dunstan, Bungaree, the Follies and yeah. Murphys, and pretty much everyone was related or friends in some way or another. And, yeah, it just become... Um, one of those things where the horse, you know, the horse went pretty much everywhere around Australia. He went to Perth for the Gold Nugget and won that. And you know, people just—that was their holiday. They planned holidays around when the horse was going away, and yeah, um, you know, the whole town got involved, sort of thing. I, I'm not sure Tally Marcus will get quite that kind of reception over the next six months, but you never know, mate. Uh, now, no, we're, we're building. <laughs> we're I don't building. think we're that that close, but yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> Now, Crazelberg was an interesting horse. It was trained by a um, a gentleman in Tarang and without a lot of success, but I'm not going to uh, lead you down that path. And he came to you, you owned him and you were driving him. And I, I've got a funny feeling uh, you were probably training him basically from day one. And there was some, re- he was he was a really good horse to you, obviously. And he won the Tontine series or at Tarang, the final was at Tarang, which must have been such a big thrill to win that race at, at such a young age as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, um, the, oh, the horse had had, I don't know, a dozen starts, maybe 10 or a dozen starts before before I got him. And um, careful. He had a lot of troubles with feet and things like that. And yeah, um, it, you know, it took me a good 12 months to get him to the stage where he, you know, would could win a race. I think the first race he won was at Stall. Yeah. Um, for me. And, um, you know, I, I had, you know, lots of issues, but I was obviously fortunate at the time that I was still working at David's and had a lot of um, nice horses to work with and around. And um, once we sorted out some issues with his feet and his gait and all that sort of thing, he, he just got better and better as, as the seasons went on and, um, you know, after that, after that first initial win, he didn't win again for a while. And then, um, and then I think the Tontine series come around and he, he won a race at Ballarat the week before he, he'd worked with one of the horses at home that, you know, he, he'd won an MO the week before and, um, he just spanked him in track work. And I thought, well, you know, you've really improved now. And so he, Aimed up at the Tontine, which I think at the time was a, you know, it was back when the, you know, the series was divided into A and B groups, and there was three heats, and then there was quarterfinals, semifinals, and the final. So it was a big. It wasn't just the one race that it is now. It was actually a, yeah, a big series, and um, yeah, he just got. I think he, he raced. I think it was every Thursday through the series. I think he raced four weeks in a row, and. Um, yeah, he just got better and better through the series, and yeah, to win to win the final, and especially at Tarang when you know had so many of the friends and family there to see the horse win, that was yeah pretty pretty special at the time. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. And at this point, you probably think this is pretty easy. This harness racing game. He goes on to win at Mooney Valley as well. He brought you your first Mooney Valley winner, I think. Yeah, yeah, as a trainer, yeah, he did. Um, he ended up, I think he won three races, three races at Mooney Valley. Um, and then, yeah, eventually um, it sort of got to the stage where he's, um, we needed to move, on, move him on. And he, he raced a couple of times in claimers and uh, eventually Glenn Douglas ended up claiming him. Um, 
and um, he went there. I think he won a couple of races with him, and um, I'm not sure what happened after that. But yeah, I think he was just shy of just shy of a hundred thousand dollars earner by the time he finished with me. So yeah, I mean, as a young guy, I think he, you know we only got married, you know. Partway, you know, halfway through his career, so he he paid for a lot, a lot of what we, <laughs> was, he was know, honeymoon was, and wedding and all yeah. sorts of things at the time. So, yeah, I was you know incredibly fortunate at the time to have a horse like him. So he wasn't one of the groomsmen or anything like that. What's that? He wasn't one of the groomsmen at the wedding. He probably was fitting well, to be no, there. No, <laughs> no, we sort of used him as the wedding car or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and so harness racing's easy. You've just started out training. You've had this horse that's paid all these bills. His last win for you was in 05. Your next win was 2008 at Bacchus Marsh Picnics with Corbus. What happened in that period of time? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there was probably a time then that sort of not long after he finished, um, I, yeah, I, I ended up with probably finished up at um, working for Murphy's and I sort of went away from... I was still always involved with the horses, but um, I didn't really have any of my own. And I went out and started a business outside of yeah. horses. So I was doing that for quite a while, and I still had involvement in the horses. And then, uh, yeah, well, Karubis was, he was a horse that was owned, well, he was a, a group of a group of owners. Um, Craig Knowles was probably the main guy in the horse. He was a guy that owned a horse called Sermo Chetch. He won a... Melton Plate when um, David had her, um, I think at one stage she'd won nine of 11 or something like that yeah, after we yeah. got her. Um, so he and a group of mates sort of owned that horse. They bought him at the yearling sales and um, he was sort of setting up his own little training sort of thing and he wanted someone to show him the ropes a bit more and so I got involved with him and um, sort of not long after the Karubis sort of area, there's, you know, horses like Three Card Brag and Madman Comes Undone. Um, you know, those sort of nice horses. Are, uh, I think Madman Comes Undone won an Ararat Cup. And both horses, I think, went around various big break finals and Breeders' Crown finals at some stage. So, yeah, three. Um, you know, we're pretty lucky to have nice horses so, around me all the time, really. The three-card brag won a Metro race as a two-year-old filly at her 14th start. It was her first win, actually. And there was another one, yeah. no no better time, that Craig was involved in, mate, that was, I think it changed ownership. Craig wasn't in the ownership in those last couple of years before he passed, but obviously it was pretty yeah. special training that horse for him. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of, uh, again, things sort of changed there again. And, um yeah, he he was also he had a few starts as a um, late late three year old or late two year old, early three year old, and then he he got a tendon injury and spent you know we spent quite a lot of time getting that tendon right, and he didn't race again until he was I think it was the last month of his four year old season, um, you know, and first up he I think he ran a really good second first up at Charlton, and then he won his next start at Tarang, and yeah, again he he was a great horse for me. Um, Similar, similar sort of horse to Telemachus. He just sort of gradually worked his way down the grades and eventually he got to town and won an MO, which was great. And, um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, like I say, I've always always been lucky enough to have a nice enough horse at some stage, but um, I've always only had, you know, a couple of my own at any one time. Uh, no, I'm not big numbers sort of thing, so... Um, 
but yeah, it's more about quality than quantity, I guess. But you break you break a fair few in, don't you? Yeah. So yeah, I'll, yeah. Since um, yeah, I spent uh, after um, I finished up the business that I was in, and um, I spent one year out at Yabby Dan Farms just doing the breaking in for Pat out there, which was a good experience, and yeah. obviously got to work with a lot of great horses and well-bred stock out there, which was really good. Um, but at the same time, we we would we brought a property here at Smythes Creek, and we were, the intention was to set that up and uh, have our own place and um, you know break break in horses from here. So that's where we've been. We've been in now for five years. I think we've been in the house. So um, yeah, it's just gradually built each year. I've been very lucky with the people that I've had um, support me right off the bat with horses and. Um, yeah, every year it just gets busier and busier. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Now, tell me, Marcus, and you've touched on this, and there's been a number of these horses along the way, and the Kraselberg was certainly one. They don't race through their classes, but they just seem to win slowly through their classes, and then the penny drops with them or something. And certainly, Kraselberg was one, three card Bragg was one, no better time. Seemed like he was like that too. And now, Tell him, Marcus, for whatever reason, he, he, this preparation, he's just gone to another level. Yeah, yeah, he has. And uh, I'm not sure whether that's um, by design or, or not. But um, And the same with the other horses. It's more probably my my philosophy and the way I do it, I guess. I'd like to give them the time. and um, Yeah, it tends, tends to happen for some reason that when they find form, they keep it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, for whatever reason, they... Um, yeah, when the horses are going good, they seem to go good for a while and get on a run and in race sort of in a row, which is what Telemachus has done now. So. We, I was getting changed after trots fishing one night and I think he'd just been in a 1,200-metre race or maybe they were coming up. And You mentioned to me they really will suit this horse and he's, in his last sort of eight starts, he's had three runs in him and ran fourth, second and second and probably went well in him, but his other five starts over the normal distance, he's won them all. So I'm not sure if he's gone well in the 1200s or terrible. Which way is it? Oh, no, I think I think that was, they were a good thing for him. And, um, yeah. you know, it was just the, the right time, um, right time and place, I guess, for him. It just suited, um, you know, the, the, the races were there where he was going to draw well. Obviously, he's got good gate speed. And yeah. They were, they were reasonably quite good class races. I mean, the two horses that beat him in those... Or three horses. They're all good horses that, that beat him home, and um, I think they just sort of dragged dragged a bit out of him, and they sort of brought him up to a new level. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously after those races, I was, you know, I was lucky enough um, to be able to use the claim. I think Decky Murphy drove him two starts in a row and won on him, and then uh, Sean yeah, then obviously I've won on him. Yeah, Sean so Yeah, Sean won on him prior to the. 1200 races and then yeah um, and then and then he had yeah the two seconds in the 1200 races in town where he's you know he's really stiff in one of them the first one he only got beat a head or something i actually protested and didn't get the protest but um i thought he was stiff not to win that one and then yeah the second one he ran second to bolramski who at the time was yeah. just low flying so yeah. um yeah so yeah i think it sort of dragged him up and you know those fast times where you run flat out for 1200 meters it sort of just kicked him into another gear i think and then you know he he won really well at hamilton where he had to sit outside didn't he sit outside the horse in fast time and toughed it out and then again you know he 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 
become a lot more adaptable um, in terms of being able to drive him. Like I, w- I wouldn't have said he's a great horse over a middle trip, but he, you know his last two wins have been at the middle trip at Ballarat and then Sonata the other day where he's you know worked early. Well, he worked early at Ballarat and then took the trail and and still finished off. And you know that's the sort of thing that he wouldn't have done in previous times. Um, but just that you know the strength of going against those better horses and getting dragged up to a new level sort of thing has just toughened him up. And, um, yeah, hopefully he can keep getting better as he's going. Yeah, you had oh, – you didn't race from September to November, and I did see you are away there for a little while, and you're involved in the prostate cancer and did a wonderful job with your running through that month, mate, and some a significant amount of donations as well. You, you easily beat me, eh? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say it was easy, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> on the donations, yeah. Right? I, well, the donations, yeah. I think there was. Um, I got a bit. I got a bit lucky. I think there was a couple of days where the, um, they doubled doubled the money, and I sort of. Um, I, may, I may have guilt trips and family <laughs> family members into um, donating on that day. So I was, yeah, I was obviously very lucky. The people that donate and very grateful for that. Um, obviously, it's a great cause and. Um, you know, we were I think, HIV collectively, all the guys that did it and, um, you know, we all did a great job and, you know, obviously the the running that Kate did and the fundraising that she got out of it was, was enormous and, um, yeah, but uh, in terms of the running side of it, I, I may have got a little bit ambitious <laughs> jumping in there because I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't start the month real well and, I got a few runs in. I thought, no, I'm starting to kick into gear. And then I uh, had a bit, the old man's Achilles kicked in a bit and I didn't run for about five or six days. And um, I was fortunate that, yeah, we were going away to Port Douglas at time for 10 days. So, yeah, most days I, I probably I probably ran ran or walked, you know, twice a day in Port Douglas, which was got good for me up. as well. So, yeah. I, I don't know but, if you heard... Shane Gallagher on on this show, mate. But it, it it meant a lot to him. And you're taking him on tomorrow at Yarra Valley with Muslin. Have you got who's your best chance tomorrow of the three? Um, oh, I think they're all good each way chances. I, I'm not overly confident with any of them in particular. But um, I was really happy with um, Plains in Heaven. I think he's a horse that's um, he can sort of go to another level now. Um, just had a little niggling things with him along the way. Um, you know, he was he ran third as a three-year-old in the grand final. So he's always had good ability. He's a very fast horse, but he's not all hasn't always been uh, as genuine as I would have liked. But he's just had little niggling things with feet and stuff along the way. But uh, I was really happy with his trial last week at Melton. Um, the only thing is, he is racing in a race tomorrow. Um, uh, yeah, tomorrow that um, he's sort of up in grade a little bit, but I, I wanted a good draw with him, um, yeah. and I think if he's if he can you know find the fence and then take a sit on something, he's going to be awfully hard to beat in that race. And, um, you know, Night Home Bay, everyone knows what what, um, what he is. Uh, you know, that's the sort of race for him. If he if he gets a good trip, he can win. If he yep. doesn't, he probably won't. Um, and the other one, Museway, his um, form looks awful. But I'm expecting him to. Um, I'm expecting him to go a lot better tomorrow. He's had um, hasn't had the greatest preparation this time in, but he's just the last month. He's had a bit of a attitude readjustment, you could say. Um, 
And I reckon, Gelder. you know, he gets his... No, he's, oh. he's been gelded for a while, but oh, just... Um, that's what just, I thought you meant. <laughs> just a few things with work and some gear and stuff was changed on him. And, um, yeah, I think he's... Uh, gets a more suitable race tomorrow. You know, obviously two or three old maidens over a shorter trip. Um, and I'm, I'll look to um, get forward on him tomorrow. I think he's um, he's a much better horse when he's in front. So I'll be looking to sort of get forward on him tomorrow, hopefully find the front. and um, He'll be a lot harder to beat. If he's in front, he'll, he's a very hard to, horse to beat. So hopefully that's the case with him and um, we can get the money. It's uh, reasonable odds, hopefully. Mate, uh, 20 minutes goes pretty quick. We've gone on a long rambling chat, but it's been great to hear your trot's journey and uh, all the way to Tally Marcus winning uh, at the, in the St. Arna Cup and hopefully there's plenty more wins in store for you and some tomorrow. No worries. Thanks, baby. But no total stranger to trot's life is Ricky Elchin. And, Ricky, I think last time we had you on, you were bringing Tough Monarch down for a race and... Two wonderful horses, Tough Monarch and Luxa Turner, but they probably couldn't be any more different, could they? How are you, mate, and whereabouts are you? Yeah, good, Toby. <laughs> I'm um, yeah, just in Bendigo, actually. Um, yeah, that was um, yeah, used to come down with Tough Monarch, but yeah, no, we're down here with Luxa Turner today. They are so worlds apart, aren't they? Really, one was a trotter who who went forever and uh, raced all over Australia and New Zealand. And this little filly, she's just stunning and taking the world by storm, I suppose. Nine from nine, mate. Yeah, they are worlds apart, but he'll always, um, that horse will never be replaced um, to me. Like he, he yeah. meant so much to me. And um, yeah, no matter, you know, how many good horses we get, and we hope to get more, um, he'll always sort of hold a massive, massive place to me. But yeah, she, she's a good filly, likes to turn up. Oh yeah. When when did your association with her start, mate? When did you first get hold of her or first work her or first tell us about that? Oh, I've had it from the get go. Um yeah, so the Lespina family bred her in partnership with uh, Brooklyn Watch. Yeah. And she I looked at her before the sale prior to the sale. And I sort of said to Alfred Rosario Lespina that, you know, she I thought she was everything they've always wanted and if they could buy her back they probably should because you know she just I don't know there's just something about her she she had a good she looks now like she did as a yearling actually that's how mature she was so yeah okay yeah they they, they bought her back and I've had her from the get-go so she's in Bendigo when did you bring her down uh she come down what's today Wednesday Monday I left home so yeah Okay, you've had plenty of time to settle in. Settle in. Where are you staying there, mate? Uh, at a at a guy called Lenny Mars, just a Bendigo track there. He's a lovely man, and um, he, he's more than accommodating, and he's got a good little setup there. Yeah, so you can work her on the track. Yeah, work on Bendigo track. So she she had a little stroll around yesterday morning here, and yeah, I did the same before prior to the Bend uh, the Nutrient Sales race. So I sort of just stuck to the same same system. Will she stay down for the whole series or will she go back home with you or what's the plan going forward? No, she'll go home. Um, you know, I was a little bit, with only the two heats, I was hoping that they might have just run a semi-final and I know Brad Hewitt was hoping the same, but yeah, uh, no, she'll go home and then come back for the semis. 
So what's how forward is she tonight? Like we know how good she is. She ran the one forty nine nine last start, which was only ten days ago. If you lightened her right off, and you know how forward is she tonight, or is she a hundred percent rock hard, ready to fight tonight? Oh, um, like ten days ago, she was. You know, you know that was the the race I'd set her for. She was right on cue, as you know, she went a one forty nine mile. So. You know, obviously we can't do much, too much with her, but she, she's fit as a fiddle and she's ready to roll. So, um, you know, she, she looks good. She's feeling good. And she come through that run, you know, a million dollars, actually. Yeah, that's one thing about her constitution. So good. She just eats up wherever she goes or no matter how hard she races or how hard she works, she just doesn't miss a grain. It's a pretty good race, though. Even tonight, very pretty. Well, it's hard to assess them, isn't it? She's two from two. Brad Hewitt's horse, Millwood Bliss, is four from four. There's some pretty – it's a quality field. And then in the other, you've got Draw a Dream and the other heats. Uh, it's destined to be a great final no matter what happens through these heats and semis. Oh, definitely. Tonight, I actually reckon tonight's her hardest um, assignment to date. Uh, it's different down here to Menangle. Like at Menangle, you've got 10 across the front. Your sort of gate speed gets you to the fence and things like that. But um, – you know, obviously we'll be coming out all guns are blazing tonight, but I know Brad Hewitt's got a really, really big opinion of his filly and um, Clayton Emmons' filly, obviously, you know, she, she's really good too by the look of her. She's won two from two and um, whatever happens tonight, you know, into the semifinals, uh, you've got Draw a Dream and, there, yeah, there's a few others there. So this whole series, the Breeders' Grand Series, I think is a hardest assignment. Uh, Lou Austin told me uh, he had a horse called San Simeon a little bit probably before your time, but uh, he was talking about he lost his first race in, a, in an Inter-Dominion series. It was a heat of the Inter-Dominion, and it was a relief when he got beaten, he said. How much pressure's building on you when you're nine from nine, mate? Are you starting to feel that pressure? Oh, obviously, we want to we want to make it 10, 10 from 10 and then 11 <laughs> yeah. from 11 and 12 from 12 in the final, but... You know, at the end of the day, they're only horses and they can only do what they can do. So, you know, there's going to be a time where she does get beat. You know, I hope it's not anytime soon. But if that does happen, well, you know, she's only a horse and I'm only human and we can only do our best. Uh, let us nip you, beat you in a green trial back in January. Can we count that then? <laughs> yeah, I never pulled her out that day. <laughs> I'm tipping you didn't because I think you might be a little bit better than let us nip you just quietly between us. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't even know where that horse is, but yeah, that, you know that's just that's part of the education program that we put them through and take them to the education, and um, you know teach yeah. them, teach them to race. Uh, she's a stunning filly, and uh, yeah, we're we're so glad you've brought her down for it. it was it always a hundred percent, or did you have to wait to see how she pulled pulled up out of that Breeders' Challenge? No, it wasn't always a hundred percent. I actually. Mm. Um, you know, if it was probably completely up to me, I mightn't have bought her. Just, uh, you know, she, she's had a big season, but uh, it's, it's hard to not go in a, a series that's worth 250000 when you're probably the, you know, the pin-up filly. Um, so I, I definitely can't blame the owners for wanting to bring her down and having a crack at it because you do only get one shot at these races. So, um, you know, a Breeders' Crown is obviously something they've always wanted to win and they might not get a, another oh, three as good as her, so that's why we're here. Uh, I'd love to see a, a reshape of the Breeders' Crown that uh, when you pay up for your state size, you're automatically paying up for your Breeders' Crown and then 
the top three Victorian, Queensland and New South Wales horses get automatic entry into the final and we can run a couple of ripper charges or something the week before for the last sort of three spots to to go into and then we could try and make it an actual Breeders' Crown of Australia, if that makes sense. And then a filly like this, Luxa Turner, doesn't have to run those extra few races. You could have just aimed her up for the final. I'm sure that's music to your ears from everything you've said in this interview. Oh, Toby, I would have loved that to not have to yeah. have three more runs under a belt. That 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 was the thing that I didn't want to um, do. When I, and I think, um, and I'm probably not speaking out of school here, but um, you know, the Breeders' Crown now, I think even looking at tonight's um, nominations, uh, the two-year-old Colts and the two-year-old Phillies, they've got two heats. Um, hmm. I think it's, you know, it's a sign of the times ahead and maybe it does need a restructure somehow. Maybe what you were saying, or I don't have the answers to it, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I can't see... I, I can't see the numbers growing, put it that way. Yeah, I, I just love the idea that you know, say draw a dream and Luxa Turner win their sires and then two weeks later you go into a grand, like a grand final and you're representing New South Wales, draw a dream's representing Victoria. All of a sudden there's a little bit of state rivalry amongst it as well and, you know, it might be the Queensland winner wasn't Zena Rainbow, it was Riley Rainbow. Say Riley Rainbow comes down to represent Queensland and we get a little bit of that state of origin about it as well, which you'd be well familiar with being a Queensland, New South Wales uh, state of origin. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know, you know, then it obviously leaves another seven or eight spots, which there could always be controversy around who, who gets picked, but maybe they need to pick it on, like, um, prize money won this season or something and yeah. just have your 10 best fillies um, going around for a breeder's crown. Like, um, I, I would like to see that. I, I know, obviously, we can't change it this year, and I mightn't have one good enough next year, but I, I do think... Um, the numbers have declined yeah. um, in the Breeders' Crown, and it probably does need reassessing. Rick, uh, we've gone off a little bit on a bit of a tangent, but I think it's a discussion that we need to be having as an industry. Uh, best of luck tonight with Luxa Turner and throughout the series, and it's going to be a wonderful series. I can't wait till the 25th of August and see this Phillies final and the Colts and Geldings final for two-year-olds. Uh, best of luck, mate. Hope it all goes well for you. No worries. Thanks, Toby.